I am Theodora, and you are listening to Spiritual Slut, the shameless podcast for a woman who are unapologetically sexual and spiritual. Spiritual Slut. <laughs> <laughs> Spiritual slut. Spiritual slut. Hello, hello, my beautiful friends. You are listening to Spiritual Slut, the podcast, and I am your host, Theodora. Today, I want to um, muse on <laughs> my lessons, my soul lessons for last year. I was thinking about doing a podcast about, you know, the new 2022 resolutions and what everyone is doing at the moment. And I didn't feel like it when I came in front of my microphone. And then I came back to the studio, my little home studio, and I thought, I've learned so much these past few months. And it's not even like a year lesson, a past year lesson. It's more like... Regardless of the time of the year, these past few months have been tremendously teaching for me. I have learned so much about myself, about my wounds and about, I guess, about relationships and how to navigate them and navigate soul wounds uh, throughout a relationship. So let's dive right in. So... I believe in a previous episode, I mentioned having been in a sort of relationship this past summer with, um, I want to say a significant other, but it's not really a relationship at this stage even. And I had convinced myself that it was a summer love. It was just like a short term romance. And I had to put an end to this because the communication wasn't up to my standards, meaning I didn't feel seen, I didn't feel cared for, I didn't feel important um, in this relationship. I was actually being really triggered in my abandonment wound. And so... I broke up by text. I sent a message saying that I had real feelings. I didn't feel seen or loved or I didn't feel like my feelings were reciprocated. And so it was really reluctantly that I put an end to this. And so, of course, being the spiritual slut that I am, I had been reading all the spiritual books, listening to all the self-development podcasts, have been reading the long-ass captions on Instagram from the pseudo-spiritual gurus out there. So I'd been doing the work, or more accurately, that's what I thought I had been doing. I thought it would be all fine and dandy and that I knew exactly what to do next. So here am I telling myself that I know exactly how how to heal myself, that I'm equipped with all these healing modalities that I can use to heal myself and, you know, move on efficiently from this relationship and from the pain that it caused me. And so I started to, you know, do all the things. I was taking care of myself. I was taking myself to nice like solo dates. I was putting myself out there, meeting other people, meeting even other guys. And I was starting to date other people. I was taking care of my career, realigning myself with my true 
desires, my true soul purpose, which I had neglected. And I mentioned this in a previous episode, the one with um, the dark night of the soul. I mentioned being, you know, putting all these uh, eggs of happiness in the same basket. Well, I was trying to fix this. I was trying to find my own happiness from my mission, my purpose, my work, however you want to call this. And I did all the things and I worked on myself for a few months and then a few months passed and I realized that... uh, I had everything I wanted on the paper. Like I was dating a new guy and he had like everything I would have wished for in a man. He was handsome, like great body. He was uh, good, sexually good in bed. He had a great dick, which is really important to me. We can lie to ourselves all we want about this, but I'm sure I'm not the only woman thinking like this out there. And so for me, it's important that sexually it's totally a match. And so this guy that I met was it. It was good in bed. It was even amazing at oral sex, which is a plus, (laughs) definitely a plus. He had manners it was gentle it was kind which is like a big one for me kindness a really kind man really well educated he had no previous marriage no previous kids he was just moving on my island also a plus because not everyone lives on Ibiza you know there's this thing where you tend to meet mostly tourists and people are quite unstable here so he was it was stable because he was moving here he was in the process of moving to my island so literally ticking all my boxes so he had everything on the paper and I convinced myself that I would actually fall in love with him and so the love life part I thought I got it sorted out and aside from this, I was also getting my like my shit together in terms of career and self-development. As in, I committed to putting most of my energy in my projects, in my creativity, in my podcast, in my music, all my recordings. And so I did that. And I, I started to feel like, yeah, I had everything. I had the guy, I had the job. I had like everything I wanted was actually happening. And I had this realization after spending one night with this guy guy I was like I have everything but do I want this don't I want more isn't my soul actually calling me for more and I realized I actually wanted more I actually wanted a soul connection I wanted the challenge of growing with someone and working my wounds throughout a relationship being challenged to be my best self I wanted everything I wanted the light I wanted the darkness I wanted everything. I wanted the depth of a true connection. And I didn't feel this since last summer with that uh, significant other. That's going to be his name from now on, at least on this podcast. Am I right? Time will tell. But one thing that was really clear to me is that after a few months of trying to hide my own feelings from myself, so I didn't have to confront the pain, so I didn't have to deal with it. But this I wasn't aware of at this very moment. The only thing I was aware of, however, is that I still wanted to expand. I wanted growth. And I knew deep inside that I would not grow from the relationship I was trying to develop with this other guy. Because even though he's the nicest man I know in my heart that I am not going to develop feelings like I had by the past for this significant other of mine. So I decided to to let the relationship fade because it felt to me like there was no serious commitment. It was more of a, not a fling, but a romance. And it was just starting to develop into something more serious. So it's like, 
I'm letting this thing die before having to actually reject that person. And if I'm being totally honest with myself, this is really me having sort of a female fuckboy attitude, but uh, I never said I was perfect. So here I am doing this and, you know, breadcrumbing on this person or ghosting. I don't know how it's what it's exactly called in this case, but you get my point. And so one day I went for a walk on my island and I decided to go to my usual secret balcony spot where I like to meditate and, you know, take the sun, take my daily dose of vitamin D on my skin. So I did that and it appeared to me that um, I had reached this point in my life where I had found a great guy I had reconnected with my mission on earth it felt like I had finally found everything but still I wanted more I wanted I wanted to expand so I asked myself where do I expand where do I grow how do I up level my life how do I take it to the next stage what sort of challenges am I ready for etc etc so I asked myself all these very practical questions and the answer appeared really clearly to me. I wanted to grow through love. I wanted to evolve through a relationship and I felt like I was actually ready for all the challenges that came with it or so I thought and that's the big Sag energy in me like you know the very optimistic and adventurous way of thinking that got me thinking okay let's evolve let's go let's do this. And little did I know it was going to be the path to activating my soul wounds that were not totally healed yet. It was going to be a very painful path on some aspects, but also a very enlightening one. And so thinking about love, guess who came in mind? Guess who appeared to me? that significant other my summer love that is not just a summer love let's say it came to my mind and I was like you know trying to remember how it ended why it ended the way it did and you know like the last exchanges we had and so I remember the abandonment how I didn't get the attention I thought I deserved and how I had to end it with a text to which he never responded and so shortly after I had met this guy I was dating, when I did, I had a vision of my significant other deleting my number out of anger, out of rage from, because he's a medium himself, from seeing me meeting this guy. And so I say to myself, you know, if he actually deleted my number, then there's no way he can actually call me. You know, he has no way to do it. He, however, still has my address. And even though I had visions of him coming to visit the ghost town of the West and come to my neighborhood several times. And, you know, as a medium, I not only have visions, I also am a clairsentient. So I received his emotions coming on his way to my place. I received his smell when he was around. Like, it's very hard to describe, but I receive the smell of people when they are about to come to me. I received the visions. I received his thought at the moment. And so I had the perception that he would be knocking on my door at some point in order to, I don't know, try to fix this, which actually never happened. And for good reason, because obviously he doesn't have the same soul wound that I do and even though it took me a while to realize that he had the wound of rejection and if he does actually have the wound of rejection then 
it's only logical that he would be terrified to be knocking on my door knowing that he had been rejected first by a text of mine. So um, his wound of rejection had already been triggered by my, let's say, breakup text. And so knocking on my door, risking another rejection was, I guess, for him impossible to act upon. And so the idea of actually giving him a call started brewing in my mind. So there's that. That was the first reason, the practical aspect of him not being able to actually give me a call if he had wanted to. And the second aspect was uh, not calling him from a place of lack or from a place of scarcity because, and I told him that on the phone later on, I didn't call him because I missed him. I called him because I did not miss him anymore. And I feel like it would have been a very bad place to call someone from, you know, when you were like, oh, I miss you, blah, blah, blah. And you're all like, you don't have power over your own decisions. And so I went through and gave him a call from a place of, I want to say abundance, but I feel like it's a term that everyone is throwing around these days, like, oh, abundance, this and that. And actually I was, you know, abundant in the way of, I had everything. I had a boyfriend already. I had things going on for myself. So truly, I was calling him because I wanted him and no one else. I was not calling him because I was feeling lonely or in the need of someone in my life. You know, I was not calling to fill a void. I was calling because I knew it was him and no one else. And lastly, even if he had not picked up the phone or if he had not wanted to see me again, I would have been totally fine with the idea because because I had nothing to lose and because also I had already lost him twice. So back to my big Sag energy because I have <laughs> Sagittarius rising and I have strong energy there. I thought to myself, well, where we want to grow, we need to take risks, right? So let's take the risk, you know? It's funny though to think about it that me being in my safe place, literally in my like secret balcony in nature, in the sun, feeling great, like this isn't what you would expect to be a place to take risk, but you know, the risks are what they are to you and not to anybody else. So to me, making this call was a risk of some sort, I suppose. <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm still thinking about myself on this edge of the cliff, thinking like, do I call? Do I not call? What do I do? And I was like, is it dating? And <laughs> it was just a call, just a simple call to make. And I and I did it. I, I made it. And so guess what? He picked up the phone <laughs> to my surprise or not to my surprise, whichever that was. So he picked up the phone and asked, who is this? I'll let you imagine the kind of pain I was feeling in this moment because I had the confirmation that my vision in which he deleted my number was actually a truth and not a perception anymore. So I was feeling this weird mix of joy from hearing his voice and pain. Like I was feeling all the pain I had avoided to feel when I got the vision in this moment because it was confirmed, you know, and I feel like this is the like the flip side of mediumship. As long as your perception is just that, a perception, then it does not hurt because you don't have a confirmation of it being true. But when it is being confirmed, then all the emotions that you might have attached to it become reality as well. It becomes reality as soon as you get the confirmation of it being a truth rather than a perception. If you're interested about 
my thoughts on mediumship, I invite you to listen to the episode number one of this podcast where I talk about mediumship in a more in a more thorough way, let's say. Back to my story. So he picked up the phone, we reconnected and we had several longer, much, much longer phone calls since then. And so we are yet to reconnect properly because we had an attempt as a date and long story short he had a family emergency and so like we went on a date but we couldn't have proper time to you know talk things out and just reconnect you know so we spent time on the phone talking and clearly the feelings are there for both protagonists for him for me and I guess I realized that we really had complementary soul wounds in the sense that while I was suffering from feeling abandoned, that's a wound that he cannot comprehend because his wound is rejection, which is a very complementary wound. And at times when trying to reconnect and when trying to see each other again, sometimes it would fail to give me news quickly enough, which would activate my abandonment wound again. And he wouldn't see this as an attack and as a trigger on a wound of mine simply because he couldn't see because he didn't have this wound himself right so let me just explain quickly what soul wounds can be so i am sharing this to you guys as much as i am sharing this to myself in order to clarify my own understanding of what soul wounds can be because i don't I'm not doing this podcast as a way to, I don't know, get validation from anyone, nor am I here to profess my experience as a universal truth. Not at all. I'm not a spiritual teacher. I'm not a spiritual guru. I'm just a woman going through things and trying to navigate her own soul wounds, her own, you know, experiences. And hopefully you can have your own light bulb moments while listening to my story. Hopefully, I will save you the trouble of going through things the hard way. If you can gain something, if I can provide value by sharing my experiences, my perception of them and my my insights about them. <laughs> right. So the soul wounds are said to be five, uh, mostly five soul wounds. And so they are abandonment. Hi. <laughs> rejection, injustice, humiliation, and betrayal. So I explained earlier how I was triggered in my abandonment wound by his lack of response to my to my last text to him. And I believe he was himself being triggered in his rejection wound by this very text. And I only came to this realization recently when we reconnected because before that, I was myself so triggered that I could not see that possibly he had been suffering just as much as I had. I couldn't see it because I was seeing things through the lens of my own wound. And my perception changed when we reconnected because throughout the conversations that we had over the phone, I realized that he never meant to abandon me and it was not a lack of feelings because he mentioned that he had feelings too. So again, it appears to me that the, the feelings 
are not the problem here. The problems are related to the wounds that we both have to different places. And it's one thing to become aware of a wound and it's another to actually heal the wound. And even though I believed I had done some healing when I was in fact probably spiritually bypassing my actual wound, Well, when I reconnected with him, I had some sorts of expectations that he would have a different attitude towards me and that it would stop triggering my wound. And I guess my part of the job, I mean, my part of the healing is to acknowledge that it is not his job to be cautious and preserve me from my own wounds. It is not his job to do the healing part for wounds that are mine to heal from. But still, I felt triggered again because it never ends, right? I was triggered again when we tried for a second attempt at a reconnection, but he cancelled on me not once, not twice, but several times. And I just got triggered so hard. I mentioned earlier that we had a like a failed date and uh, he had a family emergency. So I was like standing here waiting for things to calm down, which took several hours. And when it finally did, we had no time to, you know, just have like a proper date. And so the reconnection wasn't really one and I was expecting something better. And I was looking forward to something better, something that would, you know, look like a date. And I wanted to feel seen. I wanted to feel heard. I wanted to feel like we were actually reconnecting. And him canceling on me was like the exact opposite of this, at least for me. So I get it. The world is not perfect. Sometimes you have family emergencies. Sometimes you have disruptions due to the international hay fever crisis that we are all going through right now. Of course, sometimes there are going to be situations like he has a migraine, I don't know, whatever. But with my abandonment wound, I just could not hear this. I could not. Anyone who has the same wound as I do will recognize themselves in their need to get consistent attention, consistent communication. And I was not getting this anymore. So, And I don't want to sound like a broken record by saying that communication is paramount. It's so important to be in touch with each other and express the truth and blah, blah, blah. But in this case, in this case of me being wounded and because my wound had been recently triggered by him earlier this year, I was having expectations and I was like, my wound was still bleeding. So of course, my expectations regarding communication would be much higher like my standards would be much much higher and in hindsight he was making a lot of effort compared to previously because he was calling me straight away when I sent a message or texting that I was not okay with the situation he would call me straight away and this I appreciate so much and this is an effort that I notice so I cannot say that there was no improvement of communication there definitely was just not to the extent of 
preserving me from feeling wounded again. Anyway, luckily, he called me several times. And every time he does call me, it solves a lot of problems. It helps a lot. It's really helpful. So let's see how that develops. But um, so far, it's definitely improving, even though sometimes seeing things through the lens of my own abandonment wound, it's hard to, you know, be impartial about this. And it's hard to see things for what they are. So things are improving, maybe not as fast as I would like them to, but at least there is some tangible improvement. It feels like things are set in motion again, which was our main problem, right? That the communication had stopped, at least on Earth. Because you know what? You can be medium, you can have telepathic abilities, you can be able to check other people's energy and blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, if no communication happens in person or at least on Earth, then no progress is made. How can you really actualize and acknowledge what is really happening? And I'm starting to wonder, and I'm just asking this to myself, isn't it more important, like even more so between two mediums because of of what they can perceive and perceive to be true because of all the things they are feeling? where most people would just, you know, act rationally and not ask themselves too many questions because they perceive less things. So I feel like because mediumship is such a special, I was about to say, ability, it's not about it being an ability or not. It's more like because it's non-tangible and because it's about your perception, really, and a perception is by definition personal to the viewer, then I think it's even more important between two mediums that the communication happens on Earth so that the perceptions can be talked through and can be navigated throughout the relationship. I guess that's a very spiritual problem to have, you know, like mediumship <laughs> communication problems. But um, back to our main topic, which was soul wounds and particularly my soul wound of abandonment. I do realize that I might I might have been, I might have been, I have been spiritually bypassing my pain because first of all, when I had sent this breakup text, I was doing it to protect myself and to avoid more pain, to avoid the confrontation of, you know, talking things through when I should actually have been more transparent about my needs. But the thing is, how can you be transparent about your needs when you don't know yourself what they are? How can you be transparent about your own wounds when yourself you refuse to acknowledge it for a reason or another, right? I mean, looking back, I totally should have, back then, last summer, I should have I don't know, expressed myself better on how the lack of communication was really hurting me and that I also wanted to fix this, which in all honesty, I really wanted, but I was not able to express it at the time. So I'm just giving my perspective here. Some people would call this ego. Some people would call this pride. To me, it wasn't any of this. It was more of being so hurt that I couldn't stand any more pain. And so considering a compromise of any sort, even, you know, talking things out, it was not possible in my mind. It was just, I couldn't see it. And I can see this now, 
how I sort of robbed myself the opportunity to heal the pain. This is what I mean by spiritually bypassing. I robbed myself the occasion of healing because I robbed myself the occasion of talking things out I should have insisted but it was too much to handle so here I am months later figuring this out <laughs> you know this phrase that you often hear in self-development podcasts I don't know if you listen to them but I certainly do I love podcasts it's one thing I do every single day and I can listen to a few hours I binge listen on podcasts and there's this phrase that gets thrown around literally by everyone and their brother everyone says this Here it goes. If you want to grow, you have to put yourself through some discomfort. Growth is uncomfortable and all the variations you can think of. So basically, if you don't put yourself in situations where you will feel uncomfortable, then no growth can actually occur. And so I was protecting myself from the pain. I thought I was protecting myself from the pain, but actually I was robbing myself from the opportunity to grow. I was avoiding being in an uncomfortable situation because to me it was not just being uncomfortable. It was just too painful, but um, lesson learned, I guess. <laughs> so next time I will try my best to talk things through instead of giving up on the opportunity to grow and And instead of avoiding the challenge that is presented to me, at least uh, that's what I had started telling myself recently. And so I had sort of decided that I would express my pain when I felt it. And I would tell my significant other that I've been talking about for like half an hour now. <laughs> and so I got triggered again by his behavior and I let him know I reacted quite intensely. I must say with all caps on, which is very unlike me message to which he reacted because he called me straight away so I can tell that it is somehow beneficial to at least for me to be expressing my pain as I was feeling it but I suppose as with everything there is a balance to be found between being vulnerable and expressing our pain when it's there and being diplomatic if that makes sense <laughs> it's my south node in Libra speaking Because to be honest, I really had to sit down for a minute and ask myself, what would my highest self do or say? And the problem was that my highest self was just not available at this very minute. Because all I was feeling was pain and hurt and disappointment and anger as well. I was totally in my abandonment wound. I felt like... I was not important to him. I felt like he did not want to see me, he did not want to meet me. And he was just, you know, entertaining this idea of seeing me and maybe having me around, but not actually acting on it. And so I got really hurt and really triggered. But then he called me and we had this like short phone conversation where I was still in my pain. But I feel like he didn't understand because his pain is so opposite. And I was like, you want to see me or you don't want to see me? Just tell me. And he was like, yes, I want to see you. But, you know, the world doesn't revolve around you, blah, blah, blah. And, and I was so hurt. Like, I mean, your world has to revolve 
around me at least a little bit because otherwise what are we even doing together or are we trying to be together or what what is this you know if you do not make me feel like i am important in your world then i'm not sure i even want it you know i was so hurt because of this I felt disrespected, I felt neglected, I felt abandoned. And so when we hung up the phone, I cried. I cried so hard, like probably all the tears, all the water in my body, which is a lot of water, by the way, because we are made of, I think, 90 plus percent of water. Don't quote me on that. So I really cried all the tears that I had not cried for the past few months, all the tears I had held. And I felt like my wound of abandonment was bleeding so hard. It's truly like I was crying six months worth of tears, right? Because I was protecting myself. I had been protecting myself for so long. And that's my Gemini moon speaking here. But I always try to intellectualize my emotions. And that's how I cope. That is my basic coping mechanism so every time I'm hurt I try to you know see it with a not a light-hearted way but I try to intellectualize it and to process it with my mind so I can move on like gracefully sort of but the thing is it's only a protection mechanism it's only a way to protect myself from actually feeling the pain and healing from it but to my defense in our Western society, the left side of the brain is so glorified and the energies of the mind are so glorified that it's actually really hard to tap into our emotions and to allow ourselves to process them like we should. So for sure, you know, processing the emotions with your intellect will help you to an extent to understand the mechanisms behind them. But I also feel like it can also mistakenly lead you to believe that you are stronger than you actually are, right? Because this is kind of a social construct, as in be a big girl, be strong, don't cry, right? This is our Western education. At least this is the one I got from my environment. And I'm sure I'm not the only one in this case. And so here we are protecting ourselves from feeling all the feels, from dealing with our pain, our soul wounds, our emotions, because we believe that we are so strong, right? We are tough because we use our mind. So I guess this is preventing us from evolving at a soul level, or at least that's what I had been doing. You know, I was protecting myself from the shadow work everyone's talking about, you know, like do the shadow work, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, everyone says that do the shadow work. And I've read the books. I've seen the Instagram post with the long ass captions saying oh you know the shadow work blah, blah, blah. of course I read that but it's one thing to read about it it's another one to actually do the work because you are of course blinded by your own perceptions of things your own perception of your reality through the prism of all your pain all your wounds and so long story short for you guys I suppose 
the trick is not to do all the things with your mind and intellectualize too much like okay I'm going to plan how to do all the things do the healing put myself out there date other people work on my career yada 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 if you do all of these calculated things instead of acting intuitively then you are robbing yourself from the next iteration of yourself you are robbing yourself from actually experiencing your emotions and living your emotions so I guess a better advice would be to follow your your emotions go with your emotions allow them to express themselves through you and allow yourself to build around your emotions and build Even though your emotions might seem like roadblocks at first, they are actually your stepping stones. If it makes any sense to you, I feel like emotions can be a true compass for your true soul's needs. And if it can save you from the pain of, you know, lying to yourself, drowning yourself in work so you don't feel the pain, investing your energy in a relationship that doesn't serve you or on friendships that don't serve your true soul's desires just because they represent an escape to your pain. If it can save you all that trouble, then maybe I didn't share my experience for nothing. It's like I had a bullet inside of me that needed to be surgically removed out of my body. And I was like, you know, covering the problem so that I didn't have to touch it. But it's only logical that I would at some point feel the bullet as soon as I would move myself, you know. So that's the metaphor that comes to my mind when I think about the pain that I went through. So I suppose that you can do the work, you can, you know, work on yourself on so many many aspects but you also have to integrate the pain so you can actualize and transcend it and I don't know maybe alchemize it to become the next version of yourself I don't know if it makes any sense at all what I'm saying but I'm trying to clarify my to get some clarity for myself as I'm recording this And it's very cathartic too, for me at least. <laughs> All right, so this was already a lot of information and I initially wanted to record an episode about, you know, soul wounds, maybe do like all the soul wounds. And then as I was recording this, I figured there's so much to say just about a single wound of mine. So I guess there will be more as I get through them, <laughs> I suppose. And also I initially envisioned this podcast as something with a lot of spiritual intel, if I can say, but it's turning into like a love podcast, but I believe love and spirituality are intertwined anyway, right? So that's it for now, guys. I really hope this episode resonated with you, that you enjoyed it. I would love for you to let me know what you enjoyed the most in this episode. Take a screenshot, post it on your IG story and tag me at Spiritual Slot Podcast. And let's just keep the conversation going. Thank you so much for being with me on this journey. Thank you so much for listening to my musings. I look forward to see you on the next episode. Bye, guys. Mwah.